Pops in a pod. Pops in a pod. Hey everyone, welcome to Pops in a Pod. I'm Peter Pop. Now, Nadir and I decided to do a throwback to some of the episodes that we've done from the past couple of years. And on the top of that list actually was an episode that we did all the way back, episode 65, which was a couple of years ago. This was Money and Parenting with Rinal Ghosh. Rinal Ghosh is a chartered accountant. He's also done an MBA. He's also a parent. And Rinal helped Nadir and I understand the importance of saving for your kids when they are young. To be honest, finance is not one of those subjects that a lot of emphasis is placed on when we are in school or even older right so it was great to get different insights from rinal even though this episode is 2 years old i think some of the information is far more relevant now than it was then so here's our chat with rinal gosh hi rinal thank you so much for being here with us on pops in a pod My pleasure Nader thank you for having me over Yeah thank thanks for taking time out i mean uh, it's nice to start off the day and especially like a sunday uh, on a topic like finance actually uh, thanks uh, for even selecting this topic because while i was uh, thinking through the subject i also was uh, taking a sneak peek into what i have done in my life and uh, it's been a disaster so <laughs> i think i will be happy to talk about it and then also do some work in my end uh, and ship it up a little bit yeah it's true right sometimes you say like uh, sometimes you learn from your successes but the best lessons that you get are also sometimes from things where you make mistakes or your failures so and i'm sure you know this is a topic which every parent uh, thinks about or wonders about and especially with something like finance you know it's not something of course today you have you know everyone on youtube and all of that uh, giving advice but it all depends on something on the individual level right because it's just like how we were talking few weeks back about uh, fitness and health if you take the advice that everyone gives it's not going to be relevant to you right it's all depending on your individual plans and goals uh, really no absolutely i think finance is uh... it's critical to probably play have it in the back of your mind don't make it the forefront of everything otherwise you get into a lot of trouble <laughs> especially when it comes to personal life but it should be there in the back of your mind because it's important yeah whatever we do money is important and you know mrena speaking of money since this is going to be the core of our conversation today we we are coming fresh out of the budget session um today here we are recording um on the 7th of february the dust the dust has kind of you know settled everyone's looking forward to um, you know what new has to come along for them financially speaking in and industries and and companies are looking at uh, specifics that that can get pretty complicated but ultimately um it's the individual that matters the most right uh, you know how he or she can uh, make certain changes uh, in their lives to ensure that the future remains bright um, maybe even better 
for them, of course, and uh, for the kids, because we are talking about financial planning in terms of parenting. But Brinal, you know, upfront, you know, we just wanted to understand the journey going from singlehood to being married to getting into parenting. What is that journey like, financially speaking, especially for somebody like you who has been into finance for a couple of decades now? No, it's it's quite interesting that you mentioned the budget. Uh, generally, I mean, I remember still the times when the, we used to be glued to the TV sets or pick up the first economic times that used to come up the next day in the morning just to see what has gone up and what has come down. Yeah. And it was my... My parents used to get so excited that train fares have gone down or gone up or something. And because there used to be a rail budget and then the full budget and now it's kind of integrated. So the, the fizz is completely out of the rail budget. But to, as you rightly said, Nadir, uh, those small things, yeah, uh, television going up or refrigerator coming down, it doesn't impact your life at all. Uh, what impacts your life is uh, what is your income currently? What is your expenditure and what you can save out of it for now and what you can plan for the future. So this is the basics of finance. Rest, budget and all. I mean, these are all macro things. You can probably get an indication that a particular sector might do better. Uh, earlier, there used to be a lot of SOPs in the budget. Something for the airline industry, something for the leather industry or things of that nature. This year's budget, there is nothing. What's good in this year's budget is also there is no increase in taxation. There is also no reduction in taxation. So it's it's kind of a very, very neutral one. And then when you see this, uh, what do you think about it? Uh, you you are back to square one. Yeah, You have your income and you just need to plan your expenditure. You plan your thing. So that basic remains forever, irrespective of whatever is happening in the back. The, the journey of financial planning probably starts when you are a student. Yeah. Nowadays, a lot of education has to be covered with loans. The loans could be taken by you as an individual or it is a debt which your parents are taking on them. So it's in the back of your mind that how do I repay this loan? Or what should be my income the day I pass out of my uh, college and what kind of placements I do get? And uh, so that's, that's immediately there in the back of the mind. And then once you get married, uh, you, prior to that, as a single, you've got to take care of yourself as well as your parents, depending on their financial standing. And then once you get married, uh, depending on your wife's uh, status uh, or the spouse's status, you've got to kind of uh, take care of them, her as well as her parents, as well as now steps the part where you become a parent and then uh, you've got to now take care of the child or multiple children and uh, therefore the financial planning and the priorities it keeps on changing and that is very very important for somebody to understand because it's a part of your current expenditures which you might be doing on a day-to-day -day, and the planning for the future a little bit of the future you are aware of and a part of this future you don't know anything about and that's important to understand as an individual that's so true what you brought up uh, Mrinal. i mean uh... For us, at least, I'm sure uh, it's different. But, for, you know, 
people who are graduating or currently in college uh, i think education loans are kind of like how they used to give out credit cards <laughs> in the early 2000s and all everyone kind of has an education loan but doesn't read the terms and conditions so suddenly after you graduate you realize wait i'm paying so much interest and you know you're starting out already in debt and all of that so yeah those play an important role so i feel at least those who don't have any education loans or any th- arrears starting out their life and career that's like a great start and i would say you're sometimes way ahead of a lot of people in that way right i mean absolutely if you are staying with your parents i mean that's a big bonus i mean i can think about 20 years ago when i started working i was staying with my parents i had to pay bills for rent bills for food if you fast forward it today there are so many of uh, young professionals who are coming from small towns but they are working in a big city mumbai bangalore delhi hyderabad chennai you have to pay for your rent you have to pay for your food straight expenditure not incurred in the past which was probably going to your bank account you have expenditure so then the responsibility of doing the budgeting and all those things comes into play yeah i mean and especially in a in a culture like ours right uh, in india where it is normal for you to live with your parents uh, post you know starting work sometimes you know even after getting married and having kids also so there's a complete different cultural re- uh, reference you have here in india right but that's also changing yeah that's that's changing quite a bit no but you know mrinal very interesting point that you brought up in fact peter and i was just discussing this that uh, as you spoke about the whole cultural reference that way we we sit in a very unique uh position right where the the western world look at us saying that how odd you live with your parents and you know it's so strange like you're looked down upon you're 35 years old or 36 years old and you're living with your parents how strange why don't you move out blah 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 uh, but all those points that you mentioned right it is so in sync with our financial culture as a country we are known as a country that saves the most right uh, the the government has to push the the public to kind of spend more because of our savings and the hoarding that we do as as a culture do you think that then later on impacts because i have learned the aspect of uh saving from my father right through and through um i wouldn't say that we uh, are middle class we are definitely upper middle class we have been very privileged i will always maintain that i am not a rags to riches story i still live in my father's house this is not my house it's very clear um and those advantages that you talk about do they then ultimately translate into uh, a future that you might have seen for your kids that hey you know what since i'm not paying rent since i'm not doing this since i'm not doing that i don't have so many expenditures then are you thinking that okay this is the savings that i have now i'll probably do the same thing for my kids no precisely actually there are two elements here uh, number one is the missed opportunity because if you did not whatever you saved by staying with your parents and not having that expenditure if you did not plan that and invest that properly then it's a missed opportunity and i would uh, probably say i am one of the such victims of missed opportunity or rather culprits of missed opportunity uh, i could have probably done better and why i didn't do better is because i did not have the right advice coming from my parents or my relatives at that point of time 
I didn't even seek the advice. Today we have quite a bit of advice which is available through various forums, but I did not have that advice from anyone as to what to do with that money which I was saving. It was probably going and sitting in my bank account or an FD or whatever. So that's one part of it. The second part of it which you asked is, if I look at the Indian society and I compare it to the Western society, Today, the interest rate in India in a savings bank account is around 4%. 15 to 20 years ago, this was around 7 8%. And if I fast forward it to a developed country, they are getting penalized for keeping money in the bank. I think if you keep money in savings bank, you, get, you have to pay interest to the bank. So India will probably go there. It will take some time, probably another 20 years. And this, if I take this analogy from 8%, we are at now 4%. We will probably be in 0% in two years' time, in 20 years' time, my pardon. But this is, we are adopting a lot of those Western things there yeah. student loans, credit cards, a housing loan. So professionals, they just uh, come out of their universities, they get a nice job, and, the, and within, a, within a year or two, they have taken a housing loan. And this is exactly how the American culture works. Since I stayed in America, I, I knew about uh, people who were working after college. They had a housing loan and they had a student loan. They got some support from their parents if their parents were having a good background. But in America, most of the people are rising from middle class or, and they're going up. But even their parents had these loans. So a lot of your time or your working life goes in paying off these debts and mortgages. And that's how it works. And only when uh, you are actually in a good job and you've kind of paid off these, then you are looking at investing and growing and et cetera. And you know that when your uh, children, they grow up, they also have to take a loan. But if you now think about Indian parents in America, like my cousin, uh, he is currently uh, based out of Jersey and her, her son is uh, going to uh, medical school where there's a huge fees, but he's probably taken some loan, but then he also has some savings. So uh, what you do with that saving is quite important. And my uh, advice, because I never got good advice, so my advice to any young professional is take a good view of what your expenditure is, budget properly, and then whatever you save, Think about how to uh, put that money in various priorities which you will have in life. I mean, on top of the head, uh, I can think about a few priorities which people don't think about. Yeah, Like, once you get a job, do, how many people have something called a term insurance or a life insurance? What do you understand by a life insurance? When you go to a life insurance agent, the first thing he will tell you is, Okay, this is an insurance policy. Your life is covered by this much amount. And uh, after five years, you will get this much. After 10 years, you will get this much. After 15, you will get this much. And after 20, you will get this much. Is that really life insurance? No, I actually, I have a great uh, life insurance story. Uh, similarly, once I started my career working here in India, right? My, my aunt, who's been primarily advising me on finance and stuff, she kind of said, no, no, you have to get life insurance. So the LIC agent came in and you know the typical Indian LIC agent, right? 
where he's like just trying to upsell you, get the most out of you and all. And he kind of did this whole calculation for me. And he was like, oh, by the time you retire at 60, you'll get one crore. And I looked at him and I said, at 60, I'll get one crore. What will be the value of like that one crore at that time, right? <laughs> Tell me that because you're looking at like, okay, a big sum of money. But more important than that was what is the value of that money? Like, can I actually be using that for what? And what will my expenses at 60 be? Will that be enough to come, uh, uh, kind of take care of that? So, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. I mean, uh, it's, it's important, right? And just to answer your question, what you're talking about is not uh, like, you know, retirement stuff. It's just basically getting regular payments back, right? So it's not really life insurance. Therefore, this is very important. When you typically speak to an investment agent, he will sell you a product where you get money back. A life insurance can't be something that you get money back. Yeah? It's then an investment scheme, which is giving you some cover. So what happens in these kinds of plans is the premium that you pay gets split into two parts. Half of that premium goes to something called the term insurance that if anything happens to you, then your family will get X. And then the rest of the money goes into a fund, either in an equity market or a, a debt fund, depending on what kind of uh, risk you're willing to take or how much more you want to get. And uh, that's where that money goes. And that's, which is, that is what is, gives you the return. But they kind of sell you as if it's a life insurance. And many people fall for it because everybody thinks, oh, I will get money back. Yeah. But what is exactly happening is that if you take the same amount of premium and put it in a term insurance, if anything happens to you, your family is going to get much, much more. And now think of a situation where a single guy, or even once they, he gets he or she gets married, takes a housing loan and something unfortunate happens to the person. So that loan will directly come on the uh, on the nominee or the parents and all that. And they would they pay that loan. So the moment you take any big asset loan, you should immediately take an equivalent amount of life insurance or term insurance and Actually, you should take the term insurance the moment you start working because at that point of time, like if if, somebody, if your parents are dependent on you and something unfortunate happens to you, then at least from a financial standpoint, they would be uh, they would be kind of not worried about their life. So this is just a very basic thing, like insurance, the life insurance, and I segregate this from investment-related insurance. I think the example that you gave that you get one crore, it's more like a, a it's like a pension kitty that you are looking at when you retire. And, and the time value of money, which you related to is absolutely right. Like what would be the value? Like one crore today would actually be probably 50 lakhs 20 years henceforth. True, true, true. So it's a great point that you brought up, Rinal, where, you know, people should be looking at, uh, you know, investments from when they are young also right i mean once they start working but what about when you have kids i mean uh, of course you can share from your personal example but a lot of times people kind of delay that right i mean uh, you say ha and i i think it comes also probably with most decision making as much as you can delay it uh, you want to try doing it 
and uh, it's only later that you really the realize the folly of your mistakes right so uh, what would you say similar to how you were uh, like sharing about uh, the investments in terms of insurance uh, when it comes to kids is there actually a right time to start uh, financial planning yeah yeah the right time is before you have the child yeah or rather when you are even planning for the child and uh, i myself uh, as i mentioned earlier uh, i haven't done the things right and i have also learned from my mistakes now so once you are a single you are uh, e- easy going and you really don't care about things if you are getting a reasonable paycheck day to day and you don't see any debt coming in so you are living a nice life and then suddenly one fine day you get married and if your spouse is also working then again it's fine yeah because yeah both of you are making money and both are uh, spending it wherever you want and maybe saving it also in something but the moment you start planning for a child uh, one thinks about a lot about the child that okay the child will be here and this is our life is going to change etc etc but a big part is the financial things also go to, are, are going to change like uh, when you look look at planning for a child like even before the child arrives your expenses start yeah. uh, while you are through the pregnancy etc there are tests reports and things that need to be done on the insurance front yeah health insurance i talked about life insurance earlier health insurance is another important thing yeah. uh, when uh, when my child was born i suddenly realized that my wife's health insurance or or, or my health insurance also had covered maternity uh and they had a different rate for what was a normal delivery and what was uh, uh, something which was a cesarean a c section and there also what the hospital can provide and not provide etc it was quite uh, i was surprised that my wife uh, she had a normal delivery but then i still ended up paying i was always told that this is cashless and what not but then uh, the overall bill was i think around a lakh or so and then i still ended up paying almost 50000 from my pocket so i was a bit surprised at what happened i was always told this is cash so there is always a fine print in between policies and also one has to be very very careful so now once a child is born the first thing you have to do within the next two days is to get the child listed in your policy in your health policy and why so because after the child is first let out from the hospital if there is any medical condition that the child undergoes the person is not insured anymore and and not many people are aware of this yeah so uh, this was one thing that i did the moment the child was born i immediately got her added to my insurance so that at least my cover also looks after her but then that's just one part of it then you have all the expenses coming through because a, a small child and then a growing child has a lot of expenses believe me i can just like the the number of diapers that uh, have to be then changed throughout the day or it's just phenomenal you know no conversation about parenting and kids goes without the mention of diapers <laughs> no matter what you talk about you will always talk about diapers <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i, I remember uh, i remember uh, i had this colleague in the us he had uh, triplets and then he had another child and i was always like why did you even have a child after having triplets but 
leaving that aside so i asked him what is your biggest expense and he said diapers so i said how do you how do you uh, kind of minimize that expense he said that uh, look i researched and there are wholesalers of diapers and since all my kids are more or less in the same size zone so he goes to the wholesalers and he gets the diapers there at a very reasonable price and i know that uh, there are also wholesalers of diapers even in cities in india uh, the pricing uh, is quite reasonable as compared to what you get in the market and, and that's saving yeah that's saving to your bank simple thing i i completely But, uh, uh, apart i completely agree with you because i'm one of those guys and uh, you know initially you don't realize it right because you're like ha chalega whatever and then the moment like you see at the end of the month you're just like okay wow like there is a significant dent that you're making in your bank account right and all that money it's it's just a matter of say traveling a kilometer or two more depending on where you live in india right or just finding the right yeah. market <laughs> it is absolutely absolutely and and there are many more expenses because clothes and uh, the child cosmetics and all those things without just think about it in case you need support from a nanny yeah so that comes in uh, if your spouse was working earlier uh, uh in a, in a in a, she was uh, he or uh, if if uh, she was working with a corporate or working with a on a salary and the company supports for a certain period of time good enough the money still keeps coming for both incomes but in case the person extends because you want to take care of the child at home and all one income stops if you are a self employed lady and uh, it, your personal presence is important for the job to happen income stops from almost the day one unless until she gets back to work and if there are any complications here or there then so as an individual you one also has to think about that i was having two incomes until x date and then there is a likelihood that i will have a single income for again a certain period of time and that is expense because all that money that you were getting now you don't and your expenses have gone up no so then it's a compounded effect that 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 you're talking about right i mean if we try and map the journey that we've already spoken so far moving from singlehood to being married and then having two sets of incomes and then the child comes and then obviously there are complications whether you talk about whether it's maternity leave or the or the or the woman has to stay back home or either one of the spouses has to stay back home to take care of the child and everything um I think the next big milestone um when it comes to financial planning especially with your kids um I think it's is it's undoubtedly education right um education is becoming exceedingly expensive uh, and every parent has their aspiration for their kids future right no you are absolutely right and uh, this also is a as a part that one has to expect it's like i said uh, when you look into the future you have some estimated costs and some unforeseen costs so th- this is uh, a classic uh, estimated cost forget school even if you have to put your child in a play school a good play school you would like you would have to spend some money on a monthly basis and then once the school comes in as you rightly said uh, depending on what system your city follows you may have to pay and a good chunk of money as a donation to get in yeah. 
and then once you get into the school there are expenditure uh, the school fees which is on a monthly basis x amount and then you've got to have uniforms and books and and while this is happening as we all want our children to be better than us that's the ideal parenting in india or rather anywhere in the world yeah you want your child to have a better lifestyle and life and education and everything better than what you have and in order to do that you would like to give the child as much as possible nenal what do you suggest would be a very good mix of financial instruments and your own personal time uh to ensure that the child is on the right you know growth trajectory in terms of the future so that you don't feel the hit later on 10 15 years down the line that oh my god sending that child to xyz country is going to cost me so much i wish i would have planned better uh, and why do we need to think about an xyz country because the quality of education in our country is not good that's precisely why it is but then when you look at those other countries uh, 20% of the professors in united states key universities are mostly indian so absolutely right uh, the time is important uh, you got to start uh, thinking about it in advance and so what i what i have done and i can tell you from my experience is uh, i have a girl child uh, last year i uh, she was 3 years old so i uh, invested in something called a sukanya samriddhi fund so it's a government fund it's similar to a ppf but providing a interest rate uh, probably half a percent more uh, it you can invest up to 1 1/2 lakh rupees a year you have to invest for a period of 14 years and after that you can withdraw this uh, at when the child turns around 21 or you can have a partial withdrawal after 18 uh in case uh, the child is getting so so the objective of this fund the, of the government setup was for two reasons number one was in case a child is getting married then you have a, a solid amount of money which the parent has at that point of time to spend because indian weddings uh, traditionally uh, can be quite expensive specifically for uh, a, a girl child in a in a rural area this can become a big burden the second point is child education this is the point of time when if somebody has to go abroad they would need a handsome amount of money so this is a fund which is uh, dedicated towards girl children right but if you invest around if you are able to invest 1 and 1/2 lakh rupees uh, you get a, a good amount of money because the rate of interest is somewhere around 7 and 1/2 or 8% you get a good chunk of money at the age of 21 that the child has 21 or 22 uh, to uh, at least a part of your burden can be taken care of and a similar thing is a ppf also now a girl child is lucky the girl child can get a ppf as well as a sukanya samriddhi so two of those funds uh, ppf locks you in for 15 years so that also gives you uh, a certain good chunk of money 15 to 18 years so if you are investing when the child is 3 years old you get the money at at when the, they are 18 i know of people who the moment the child is born they immediately open a ppf account and start putting in some money because you can get uh, almost 7.5% interest rate and that's the best secured investment and it is also tax free so the money that you get 20 years henceforth or uh, when the child is 21 is tax free 
So this is just one example of uh, how to plan uh, in government schemes. The second one, which one can do for child education once the child is hitting this uh, university parameter, is to invest in a uh, equity-linked uh, growth fund, uh, wherein you might be investing for a period of uh, five years minimum, uh, a certain sum of money on a yearly basis or a monthly basis, you can decide. And you could link it to equity markets. So there, uh, it's a mutual fund, uh, but it would you take some risks, but then you are also looking at high growth over a period of uh, time. You can choose to continue to invest it over a period of 10 years, but you kind of say that I will get the money at certain points of time. Now, if you break it down, you could position it also as a, a fund where you get a certain chunk of money when the child is five years old. So if you start this immediately when the child is born, then you get a, a bullet and when the child is five years old, some amount when they are 10 years old, some amount they're 15 years old and then a big chunk of money when they're 20 years old. So different types of funds are available. Uh, depending upon your risk appetite, you could choose whether it is moderate or you want to. But I would always suggest that you mix it up a little bit. There is no point in blocking your money in a fixed deposit for six years or seven years and all that, because the interest on fixed deposit, you will have to also pay taxes. It is better to select a PPF and a Sukanya Samridhi for the long-term money. And PPF, if you are able to utilize the full balance of one and a half lakh, I think if you pay uh, for about, uh, the various things, uh, mathematics you can check on the net, but your money doubles over this period of time. Wow, you know, um, Renal, you reminded me of uh, my finance professor in business school, where he said, uh, a good strategy is diversification, right? When you're either on the stock markets and all of that. So it just kind of, your strategy kind of reminded me of that. So that's a great tip, I think, for everyone who's listening uh, to use not to kind of put all your eggs in one basket, right? No, absolutely. And, and sometimes you also need to plan for some assets that you want to build up. So for example, uh, when you are single or you've just got married, you might be in a smaller car. And you might be thinking about that once you have a child, you will have to plan for an SUV. So you could start also investing in investing your money in a manner that you get paid uh, X amount of money at this point of time, and then you could use it for things. Very, very interesting. I saw uh, uh, as early as yesterday in my bank, uh, there is something called create a passion fund. So you might have a passion that uh, you're traveling or something. And you may say that every two years, I would like to go to a nice destination anywhere in the world or something. Now, that costs money. Yeah. Now, uh, option one is you get paid a lot. And <laughs> so it doesn't matter two years later, you can definitely choose uh, that and you lose your money. The second option is that every month you you transfer some of your uh, income into that passion fund and it, it goes and locks itself into a RD, a recurring deposit. The interest rate is a little bit higher than the savings bank and almost close to a FD. But the, what it guarantees is that it locks your money cons constantly. So at the end of two years, when you see that uh, it's a point of time when uh, maybe you 
can travel, your spouse can travel, your child can travel. You could do a nice trip. So something to plan about. Then at least you have that pool of money and that's not a constraint. Time could be a constraint or availability could be a constraint, but money is not the constraint. So, uh, you know, it's 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 nice that you gave us this, you know, insights into the multiple instruments and how you kind of go about it because um, money is directly related to time. So it's not about how much you can invest, but for how long can you invest? And I think that that becomes very important, which kind of, you know, moves, we would like to move you in, in our, um, you know, a subsection in this episode where we like to call it MF. And no, it's not mutual funds. It is myths and facts. So we're going to throw a statement at you, Mrinal, and you tell us whether it's a myth or a fact. So I'll start first. Uh, we've, we've, we've touched upon this topic, but um, uh, I, I'm just going to start with this. Um, keeping money in the bank is fine. No, it's not. Myth or fact. I have, this, is a, this is a myth. And I have suffered out of it. So, uh, so the, the best thing best thing one should do is uh, you design your budget for the month, then you have a saving, and then you distribute the saving uh, by your term insurance, by your health insurance. Health insurance is also very important. Yeah, our our employers might provide us a coverage of five lakhs or something. Five lakhs is peanuts. It disappears in five days. So invest in uh, a good health insurance. Start a retirement plan. When you start working at 24, 25, whatever that age is, if you start then, the contribution to the kitty would always be lower. If you start later, the contribution to the kitty would be much higher of whatever that desired number was, whether it's one crore, two crore, whatever that number is or whatever annuity you are expecting at the end of this period. And then have some money for contingencies because things can happen then and have some money for asset acquisition which is buying a car or maybe putting a, a, something like a, a, a down payment for a housing loan and stuff like that. Please, go ahead, Nathan. Okay, this one I think every Indian family uh, can relate to. Gold is a sure shot investment. <laughs> you know, I, I did not believe in this. I think it's a good way to invest. Uh, down south, I think people are quite into gold. Uh, they are investing a certain part of their savings every year uh, into gold. Uh, my mother-in-law used to tell me, and I didn't listen to her. But now when I look at the gold prices, I'm like, wow. You don't know this, actually, Peter. Today, I might feel that this is a fact. But once in the future, we don't know because we are talking a lot about digital currency, cryptocurrency. The value of gold... And why it is, yeah? Because at earlier, if you had to have X amount of US dollars, you could only have it only if you had X amount of gold. And that's why there's something called gold standard. I think everybody remembers in 1991 when we started the whole process of liberalization, India had to ship off gold. Yeah. yeah. India had to give away their gold to get dollars. Yeah. But now the whole situation has changed. Like America doesn't need any gold. Yeah. They're just printing the notes. So why does this is uh, kind of, I would say it is somewhere in the middle. Uh, why it is not a complete message? Because if you look at the gold prices, they have been going up and up and up. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> okay, next Again, one. a missed opportunity at my end. 
Okay. Uh, okay, moving into the next one. Myth of fact: Trading in shares is risky and not for me. Uh, it could be risky, but not for me. If it is not for you, you can give it to somebody who it is for. Uh, I think there is a lot of uh, buzz on SIPs that you could probably invest a little bit of money every month in something called a systematic investment plan. Systematic investment plans are also of multiple types. They are of low risk. They are of moderate risk. They are of high risk. So depending upon your risk appetite and your goal, yeah, what are you trying to achieve out of it? The example I gave you, uh, I have to secure my child's education. Yeah. So what I have done is I have put some money in Sukanya Samriddhi. I will open a PPF account also, and the third thing I have done is put my money in a, a mutual fund, which is high risk. So now I have that one is for kind of giving it a growth. and then the other two are kind of securing that okay uh, let's say my targeted amount is 50 lakh and with the two government schemes i'm able to hit even 30 lakh with the third one by putting lesser amount because i'm shooting for growth if it hits then i will get not 20 but i would get 30 or 40 lakh so i would be hitting it around 60 70 lakhs using that fund worst case scenario if the fund doesn't perform i would still have 10 lakh so then 10 lakhs is my problem at that point of time which i will see how to solve it uh but whatever money i if i had put that money into the government back fund which are now i have kind of exposed my uh, availability of what i could invest in if i do invest in fd or something to secure it i won't even get to that 10 lakhs so just as an example so if uh, if you are uh, if you are risk averse then you can also choose these mutual funds you can look at their ratings uh, online and see who the fund managers are and you could invest uh, government is also making people invest possibly you see a huge amount of advertisement you hear the moment you open youtube you see a grow or a zerodha throwing in ads at you in the lockdown or post lockdown there is an increase in uh, dmat accounts 1 crore plus dmat accounts have opened up i work wow. in a corporate and sometimes sometimes we feel that many of our employees who were earlier quite risk averse are no longer risk averse all right uh coming to what you touched upon slightly earlier also myth of fact property gets you better returns <laughs> if you had asked me this question 10 years say this is a fact but now if you ask me now uh, maybe not yeah uh, it, it just depends uh, there are a lot of people who have invested in property and they are the property values have not grown because of the economic situation and xyz reason there was a big boom somewhere in 2008 and uh, while 2006 2007 was a big boom uh, in property and money uh, people were like investing into a property the rate was going up even before the house was built they were selling it off and making money getting out of that was going up property can be a good investment not for like, i think of property as a rental mechanics if you have two three flats yeah medium size uh, two bedrooms when you are retiring you could get rentals out of it i am not looking at property as something to sell off you could look at it also as uh, one of the ways uh, you can finance some big uh, 
big expenditures like the child education, etc. So if you if you invest in a property, but one has to be very careful. Yeah, you have to probably invest more in uh, growing areas rather than saturated uh, big cities. This is my personal opinion. A smaller tier two, tier three cities. India will now have more development in tier two, tier three cities. Personal opinion again. So those would be probably in areas to invest. So then 20 years later, if you sell it off, you would also had a, have a good chunk of money. But then that you would have to fund through loans and other things. So one has to keep that in mind that you have to be constantly servicing that uh, asset. Uh, however, if you have a property ready, once you retire, you could get some uh, streams of income. Managing those uh, tenants and rentals and all uh, could be a challenge if, if they are not in your vicinity. No, absolutely, Mrinal. I think this is something that even I am uh, personally uh, going through in terms of uh, property. But um, we've we've come to the end of our chat, and it's been you know just like any portfolio management, very diverse. We've spoken about so many things. We've spoken about multiple multiple aspects, uh, both finance as well as non-finance. Um, and uh, I think it was a it was a great conversation. So. We really thank you for this uh, this great chat, and uh, I think I think we'll we'll keep bringing you again, Renal, because it's been a great chat, and you've you've given us so many things to think about. So thank you so much for coming on Pops and Award and sharing your views on financial financial planning for parents. So thank you, Nadir. I uh, I love the opportunity, and I also liked the subject here. Yeah. While I am a finance guy, and the topic is close to my heart, uh, it also exposes what I couldn't do. And uh, if I can, uh, through whatever we discuss, I feel if, if any, uh, any even one person can influence their lives and they can have a better future for themselves, their spouse, their families, uh, that's really nice. So very good initiative by both of you. And I would be happy to contribute in any manner uh, in the future. Yeah, you know, when we did an episode and we touched upon finance a year ago, right? We just scratched the service and I think we've scratched little more. Uh, there's a lot more we can discuss. So look forward to having you uh, on a future episode again, Minal. Sure. Thank you. Thanks so much, Minal. And that was Minal Ghosh, finance professional and parent. I think, you know, re-listening to that episode, I started making notes again just so that, you know, some of the things that I'd kind of gotten over the years in there. And uh, I hope all of you listeners have also taken away something. If you have, do let us know at popsinapod at gmail.com. And if you want us to do any interesting episodes, topics that you've got in mind, you can reach out to us also on social media. We're at popsinapod on Facebook, Instagram, uh, do check us out. But that's all from me for this episode. I'll see you all next week.